welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Flora. And my name is Vana. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. Yeah, boy! Flora, how was your week? Um, like, if it's not already apparent, I feel like I may or may not be accident-prone. Like, mm-hmm. specifically at work. Mm-hmm. And I just had two days in a row that were just, like, less than stellar. Um, oh, no. The first day, we start our work day at 8 a.m. This was at 8.30. was walking mm. behind my zebra exhibit, and I, like, kicked this rusty shard of metal, and then it sliced the back of my ankle <laughs> open. Oh, my God. And they have been, like, digging back there and doing construction, and it's, like, a part of the zoo that used to be, like, 700 years ago, like, the town dump. So it was, like, the most horrific, rusty piece of metal I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what it was, but I just immediately knew that I was going to die of tetanus. Mm-hmm. So I had to go off grounds for an hour and get a tetanus shot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then my arm hurt real bad because tetanus shots hurt real bad. Yeah, they don't feel good. They yeah. feel like someone punched you inside your muscle. Yeah, so now my, like, right arm is still, like, really sore. And then the next day, I, like... I had my little band-aid on my arm, and I had to, like, move all these bats. And it was, like, it was going really great. I had seven, eight bats? Eight bats? I think I had eight bats I had to move, and I moved seven of them. And the last bat was, like, the meanest, fattest bat. And she didn't have, like, a (laughs) neck to hold, so I Mm -hmm. couldn't control her head. And she bit the shit on my finger, and it was bleeding everywhere. And now I have, like, this bat bite that I'm, like, afraid is going to get infected. (laughs) Do you have to get rabies shot for that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Another trip to the doctor. I know. I'm just like watching it. And my director was like, just be careful and watch it. If it gets red and you get an infection down to the bone, you'll have to have surgery. And I'm just like, oh, my finger. <laughs> You're going to lose your bone. That was like two days in a row. And like, I just, it just wasn't like a great time. I'm so sorry. I'm falling apart. But Ugh. I guess I won't die of tetanus. That's one thing that's guaranteed. Right, yeah. Cause of death, not tetanus. Anything but tetanus. Right, literally. It could be anything, but it was tetanus. <laughs> um, was your week better than mine? Was yours uh, marginally Did you get bit by a fucking bat? <laughs> I didn't. I did not. Uh, I don't work with bats, but I do work <laughs> in and around humans, which tends to be the worst threat to us. Um, I, yeah, I had something comical but unfortunate happen to me this week. <laughs> So, I was getting ready to do a keeper talk. God, as can I one just does. Can yes. our autobiography just be called like Flora and Fauna comical but unfortunate? Like, that <laughs> is like that is just a perfect summary of everything. It really is. <laughs> like it's some uh, yeah, it just sums up every interaction I think I've ever had. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was going on my way to do a uh, keeper chat. Whoa, said the name of the show. Oh Hashtag my god. Not spawn by us <laughs> spawn not spawn spawn not spawn uh yeah i was getting ready to do one and i was um as you do a lot of times when you're doing these talks you're usually in like a public area and a lot of times like in front of a habitat or like in and among people or whatever so i always have to like clear the people out of the area that i'm trying to go through because there's a little gate that i have to unlock and walk through and whatever so I've been doing this now, this same talk, for about three years, and so it's, like, pretty well ingrained, and so I go up, you know, I kind of, like, ask everyone to shift to the side and let them know what I'm going to be doing and whatever, and I'm bending down to unlock the gate in front of me, and I'm focused on it, and the moment, the literal moment that I have, like, unlocked the gate and slid the bolt out of the way, a boy, like a tall boy who was maybe 12, I don't know, I didn't ask, he is standing there and he's holding the top of the the fencing that, that the gate is part of. And the moment I slide that bolt across, he like jerks that gate open and cracks me right in the forehead. <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even see it coming because I was bent down like, sliding a bolt and just popped me right in the goddamn forehead. Like, I swear, I, like, saw stars for a minute, and I was just kind of standing there, and I heard him go, oh, sorry. Oh, my like, God. Homie, you hit me in the face with this <laughs> goddamn gate. And so, at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, like, one, am I okay? Two, am I hemorrhaging? Three, 
did he cut my face open because I'm about to do a talk in front of like a hundred people and I yeah. can't lean down my goddamn face. Uh, and four, I'm going to be standing on the edge of a moat here. Like I need to have my wits about me, not have a head contusion. Uh, so that was fun. And all throughout my talk, a welt was slowly appearing. <laughs> like this like, two inch long welt on my forehead. It was like bright pink is appearing and becoming more and more visible. Uh, I got through my talk. It actually good. went very well. I was oh, very good. proud of it. I had a lot of good energy. But um, <laughs> I also had a head wound. And so I went back to my, my behind-the-scenes area, and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, God bless! Like, I literally just had this, like, huge scratch, because first of all, I just cut my face open. Uh, luckily, it wasn't bleeding, but then it just, like, kept swelling. So now I have, like, an ugly bruise right on my forehead. It was very cool. Jesus. Um, and I just... Again, like, we've talked about this before, folks. The majority of the accidents and injuries that we come across have nothing to do with animals. No. I was assaulted by a young boy, so I was assaulted by a rusty shard. Yeah, it happens, man. But also that fucking bat. That fat shit Yeah, but also that bat. (laughs) I was so mad. She was just doing her thing. God. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. This is the way of the world. (laughs) I hate her. It's also my middle finger, so every single person I'm like, look, I got bit by a bat, and just flicking everybody off. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for your contusion. I hope that you don't get rabies. Yeah, me too. You die from that too, is the thing. Yeah, it'd be a bummer. I've heard those shots are pretty painful too. Yeah, and expensive. I think it's like mm-hmm. $300 or something for a rabies vaccine. But also cheaper than dying from rabies. Is it, though? It doesn't cost me any money to die. It costs my family money, I think, but not me. Yeah. As far as the cost goes, money is very little. Emotions are high. (laughs) Emotional toll out of this world. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Well, we're we're on K this week, which, what, is like 11? I can't count. I don't know what. That sounds about right. The 11th letter of the internet. We're really just breezing through, huh? There's a lot of letters. There are a lot of letters. You don't really think Uh, about it until you start counting them. There's at least 26. For sure, for sure. So insightful. Okay. Let's get to it. Do you have a guess? Do you want to guess? Sometimes I like like making you guess. All right, K. Um, Is it a kangaroo? Oh, no, but really close. So okay. kangaroos are found in Australia, but this uh-huh. little turd burger is found in New Zealand. Whoa! Yeah. Another episode dedicated to our New Zealand listeners. <laughs> we love you guys. You're our fucking favorite. Don't tell any other people. They didn't no. hear that part. It only came out on the New Zealand podcast. <laughs> yeah, everyone across the world who's not in New Zealand just hears... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Enjoy this ASMR break, everyone not from New Zealand. <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, so this is an animal, Animalia. It's a chordate, chordata. It's in Excellent. the aves class, which is the <gasps> class of birds. Yes. Its order is the mm, Aptera geformes. I don't know. Mm, uh, of course. And yeah, the genus and uh, Apteryx. Anyway, there's a bunch of words. Some of them have X's in them. It's the motherfucking kiwi. <gasps> the kiwi! The fruit meets bird. The bird fruit. The fruit of the bird. The bird mm. made of fruit. I love it. So he's just God. I mean, he's just the best. So if you've never heard of the kiwi, you're probably not. You're probably like a baby because I feel like everybody's heard of the kiwi. Right. Um, They are only found in New Zealand. And at this point in the history of New Zealand, they are the icon of New Zealand. Yes. Um, It is like the colloquial uh, demonym. I don't know if that's the word. Dominant? Denemonym? Are you trying to say denim? No, I'm just trying to say this weird word. Um, anyway, oh, okay. kiwis are so known that people from New Zealand call themselves kiwis, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, I see. Like, I'm so an American. I'm a kiwi. Like, like it's a bit of slang for the regional. Yes. Very so they cool. are the icon of New Zealand. A kiwi is a ratite, which you may or may not have heard of. This is mm-hmm. the flightless, long-legged bird. Um, so those are like emu and cassowary and ostrich, those giant birds that are just like leg and like weird head. Um, mm-hmm. they are in a fra-class, like there's so many words that I just don't even bother looking up. What does that mean? Oh, 
I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I have like really bad handwriting and I literally just read the word infra class as in fra class. <laughs> Can someone shoot me out of a cannon into fucking Mars? <laughs> Oh, don't worry. The rabies will take care of it. It'll run its course. Maybe it's already taking care of it in in (laughs) fucking delirium right now. Infraclass is a goddamn word. And it's in the paleo paleo nathe. There's so many words, y'all. And that just means that they have, like, old jaws. So everybody thinks that, like, the ratite, oh, they're called that because they don't fly. But it's really the shape of their palate. And that's what the paleo nathe infraclass is about. Um, Did you say that they have old jaws? Yeah, it's called old jaws. And it's like this weird shape of their palate that like is weird and not right. I don't know. I didn't really look into it. (laughs) That seems like a really odd name. Like someone was just like, all my creativity went into something else. I gotta go with old jaws. So the infra class is obviously below the subclass, which is below the class. So this is like, we're really deep in this classification right now. So Mm -hmm. all other birds are the neonathe, which... Is everything else, literally. So paleonathe oh, okay. is old jaws. I'm assuming neonathe means, like, new jaws, honestly. Shiny new jaws. <laughs> um, and then the word ratite is from the Latin word ratus, which means raft. Um, and a raft is a boat with no keel. So these birds also don't have a keel, which is the breastbone um, that's on their sternum that anchors, like, wing muscles, too. So most birds have this, like, weird sail-shaped thing. That is just basically this giant structure for the, like, beefy wing bone or wing muscle to attach to. Um, but since none of these birds, the ratites, none of them fly, they don't need that at all because they don't need, like, bomb-ass wings. That's crazy! Yeah, what a little... fun fact! Like, so there was just, like, be... a lot of word vomit in that whole thing yeah. that just did. It just seems like it was, like, a riddle, though. Like, <laughs> Latin, it means, like, a raft, which doesn't have a keel, which this bird also does not have. Like, that is blowing my mind. Yeah, I went deep. I went deep in there. Um, okay, so yeah, the little kiwi, he's a little ratite. He's one of the smallest ratites. Of course, uh, ostriches are huge. Kiwis are not. Mm-hmm. They are all found in New Zealand, and they are found in different distributions, but there's five species. There's the great spotted kiwi, the little mm-hmm. spotted kiwi, mm-hmm. the ocarito, sure, brown kiwi, the southern brown kiwi, and the North Island brown kiwi. And all of these are vulnerable and one is near threatened. So numbers aren't like stellar. Quick question. Yeah. The ocarito? Did you mean to say ocarina? Uh, it's the ocarina of time kiwi. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Nintendo, I did. I missed you know what to do. Sponsor Just us. like the frog class, uh, it is also <laughs> Ocarina. Jesus Christ. Um, okay. <laughs> so just in terms of like, what is this thing related to? They always assumed that the moa, which is an extinct ratite that was found in New Zealand. So just like basically an ostrich of New Zealand, the moa. They always assumed that that was like the closest relative to the kiwi. But they found that... There is actually the elephant bird of Madagascar, which apparently is just like an ostrich of Madagascar, and that is its closest relative. Um, Wow. And they were around in like 1000 to 1200 AD. Wow. So like this little dude, I mean, obviously this is back when like all the continents were touching. (laughs) Yes, Um, yes, yes. Because yeah, they're not- so to speak. They're not like 100%. They're still like- a lot of discord in the, like, fucking history room of, like, did this bird ever fly or not? Like, did its ancient an- ancestor that it's, like, related to fly and all this stuff? Like, we still aren't- It, is, it has been a point of conflict for generations. There are literally, like, fights breaking out about this all the time, honestly. Did this bird fly or not? Did it fly? Um, because I think apteryx means, like, no wing or something. Holy. And that's its, like, genus. But they do have a wing. I'll get into that. Okay. okay. So just all the little the little species, the five species. Um, I think the great spotted is the biggest. It is mm-hmm. 18 inches tall. Oh, same. Um, and he weighs about seven pounds. Oh, not same. Um, and there's about 20,000 of them. Oh, okay. The little spotted, he's about nine inches tall. He weighs like uh, three pounds. And there are like 1,300 of him. So he's the near threatened guy. 
Ooh, he's like, he's a little half, half bird, huh? Yeah, I don't have numbers for two of them, but the North Island brown kiwi is the most common, and there's okay. about 35,000 of them, and they're 16 inches high, which, is that bigger than the other number that I said? Uh, 18? No, it is oh, not. no, okay, good. Okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. And he's about six pounds, so, um, yeah, the North Island brown is the most common. And they, they do look a little bit different. Like, it's not just like, oh, that cougar looks like that mountain lion looks like that Florida panther, where it kind of, like, the subspecies don't really look, like, they look the fucking same. Um, so these guys do have different, like, camouflage in their wings. So, like, the spotted ones literally have, like, little spotting in their feathers. But also, quick tangent, all of those things that you said are the same. I know, because I, I, I tried to get to Florida panther, and then I lost it. Because Florida panther is a different subspecies. Of it is, it is, yes. I know, that was a really bad example. It was very bad. It was a bad example. Spreading misinformation <laughs> once again. <laughs> so my day job is just lying. Cool. Uh, Alright, so let's get into just this bird. So like I said, there's no keel to anchor mm-hmm. its little wings. Um, but it does have wings. It has little vestigial wings. But from the outside, they're like invisible because they're totally covered by its little feathery body but um we can upload a photo of this little it's literally like a little chicken wing like it's just like a little oh and it has like that yeah it has like this creepy little like raptor hook on it you know how like velociraptors have that like mega nail that just like cut you open it has that like on its little vestigial wing weird but yeah it doesn't do anything because its wing doesn't do anything so it's just like just like it's dinosaur swag that it has, I guess. Yeah, decoration. Hey, y'all, it used to be a dinosaur. Chopped <laughs> there once. <laughs> In case you forgot, I'm a fucking dinosaur. It's like he's wearing that brand name, right? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, So they don't have hollow bones because they don't need to fly. So they do have marrow in their bones, which is... Weird. Good to have, I guess. Yeah. They have this freakishly long bill. I don't know if... You can picture a kiwi just, like, right off the bat. But just picture, mm-hmm. like, a furry egg and then, like, two needles, like, coming out of it. Like, t- mm. like a two needles length. Um, and that's a kiwi, literally. I don't know a better way to describe it than that. That's the best I have. Yeah, that's really good. I think it is important to mention, though, also, that it's not hair, it's feathers. <laughs> well, is it? I'll get into that. So you fucking okay. watch yourself. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> this is my episode now. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, it is technically feathers. So it okay, has cool. this long, pliable, and sensitive to touch bill. And that's mm-hmm. like super long. And it even has like little sensory pits um, on the end of its bill. Where did I talk about? My notes are kind of all over the place. So we'll kind of talk about that later. Okay. Um, it does have four toes, not oh, three. Cool. So most, like an ostrich only has three, but um, mm-hmm. this little boy, this little kiwi boy has four. But its legs are a, a third of its body. So it's mostly, Whoa. like I said, like egg, needle, and I forgot the feet. So like add some feet onto that. Yeah. Eyes, it has two. Good. That's a good number. And they are smallest relative to its body mass in all avian species. Oh, so they got teeny little eyeballs. So he's just like a little beady-eyed bitch. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. He's always mean-mugging you. And so he does have the smallest visual field. So he mostly relies on, like, auditory, like, olfactory and somatosensory um, senses and not really, like, his visual at all. All right. Um, and they are nocturnal. So they have, like, a more nocturnal lifestyle. I'll kind of talk about that a little bit later because it's... They may or may not be nocturnal, but they are mostly seen at night. So they're really not relying on eyesight at all. They've even mm-hmm. found completely blind, wild specimens that are just, like, living their best life. Like, they're totally fine. They do not need their eyes. They're just literally for no purpose at all. Oh, love that. Yeah. He's like, I don't need them. Talk about flipping the script. Yeah. So all the other ratites, the paleonathae, are really small-brained by, like, other standards of birds but kiwi actually have really large like encephalization quotients is what i wrote down that's nuts um so their the proportion is like this is really similar to that of parrots and other like songbirds okay but there's no evidence of any complex behavior from that 
Oh, so like secret geniuses. Yeah, so they have the capacity of a parrot, but you don't see it being used at all, which is kind of freaky. That is freaky. What is... Oh, that's weird. What's it yeah. used for? I don't know. Just thinking. Maybe they just do a lot of meditating and thinking. Oh, that sounds nice. So the crazy thing about New Zealand is that... And this is, like, weird. I did not know this at all until I read it, and now I know it, and I'm about to drop this knowledge on you. I'm nervous. Before humans in New Zealand, there were only three endemic mammals, and all three of those mammals were bats. Whoa! So before humans came and brought terrestrial mammals, there was not a single terrestrial mammal on this island. That's wild! So every other niche, like, filled in this island was just filled by a bird. Like, it just is, like, an island of birds, literally. Oh, my God. So the kiwi... Bird diversity. Yes, this kiwi is in this, like, creepy, weird niche that basically, if it was anywhere else on the planet, would have been filled by a mammal. So they call it, like, the honorary mammal because it has all these weird features that aren't very bird-like, like the marrow and the bones. And it actually has a lower body temperature, which... Usually birds have really high body temperature, and it, like, I'll talk about where it burrows, and it doesn't even use its fucking wings, and it has a really awesome sense of smell, which I'll talk about. So, they're like these weird non-bird birds. That's so interesting. Like, I know we've talked about niches before uh, in past episodes, and how, like, one of the reasons that we see the animals that we see today are because they have been selected for and have evolved to perfectly fill that niche but that's that's like takes it one step further i think like i think it's just that's super interesting yeah he literally was like okay there's nothing that's gonna kill me so i can just Uh be on the ground like i don't need to expend energy on flying who cares Uh and yeah i can just run really fast that's fine i can get around that way i can just have this needle beak and i'll just like eat bugs and live my life like nothing's gonna eat me And then humans came over. And I guess I should say there was humans there, right? The Maori, like, lived there. But they obviously didn't bring, like, ferrets and shit over. But the stupid people came and brought, like, dogs and cats and fucking weasels. And now they're all dying. Right. It's such, like, an interesting uh, situation in that, you know, there's always, like, competition over an area and over a habitat. And, like, a niche in particular. And that's one of the reasons that you see the animals in that niche that you have because it's like they like in very simple terms they essentially won out like they're the ones that are like yeah i'm dominating this area like i'm the best suited and everyone else can f right off but right for these it's such a cool like experiment almost that they were isolated enough to see like like the what if like what could happen if there was reduced competition that's yeah nice i I love it think it's where it's like that thing where like the simplest solution is the best like Mm -hmm. he doesn't need all these crazy adaptations. Like, he's literally just a ball with legs and a big nose. And that's all he yeah. needed. Like, I have a mouth and I have feet. Done. Like, yeah, here I it. am. Don't need these eyes. Did it. Yes. Huh. Okay. So, um, so going into, like, its nocturnal habits, like, they mostly thought that they were nocturnal and only hanging out at night because they don't need their eyes at all. But they kind of think that the nocturnal habits are mainly due to intrusion by these predators that were brought over and all the humans. Because... Mm. Um, they've built sanctuaries now, and when they are in sanctuaries free from pred- predators, they are seen just, like, be popping around during the day as well. Oh, interesting. So they're okay. kind of already maybe a little adapting towards something that's happened very recently in the past, like, couple hundred years with these people coming over. Mm-hmm. So, they're, like I said, they're hanging out on the ground, they're digging burrows, and they do have a highly developed sense of smell, which is totally unusual in birds. Birds mm-hmm. um, do have senses of smell, but they're really, really... Like, basically worthless. But the kiwi relies on it a lot. And it actually is the only bird with nostrils at the end of its beak. Whoa! So mostly when you're, like, picturing a bird and you're picturing the nostrils, the nares, they're, like, up really close near its face, right? Like, almost right Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the bill. But this is at the tip. They're at the tip of his little beak. Oh. So what he does is he, like, walks around and he uses his little beak and he, like, taps the ground. And he's moving it around, and he's locating insects and worms, and he doesn't have to use his eyes at all, because he's, like, sniffing around, and he, um, that tip is really sensitive, and he can kind of feel movement in the ground, and he just, like, uses it like a fucking metal detector, like, for bugs. 
That's nuts. It is like a honorary mammal. Yeah. And so he has a super developed like olfactory chamber um, in his brain. So that's really highly developed that part. Mm-hmm. So he is, he can smell it and he can analyze it and he can differentiate smells really, really well. So he is eating small invertebrates, like I was saying, worms, but he'll eat seeds, grubs, and um, fruit, small crayfish, eels, and amphibians. So he's kind of just whatever he can find kind of thing. Yeah. Not little trash super, bird. super picky. But one yeah. of the downsides to having nostrils at the end of your beak and then shoving it into dirt is that there's like constantly shit in your nose. So mm. people say all the time you can hear them like snuffling and like trying to like clear their nostrils. Oh no! They <laughs> need they, little tissues. Yeah, that they like sneeze and like make little grumbling noises all the time to try to get like shoot dirt out of their <laughs> nose. Like, oh, I've always got allergies. <laughs> yes. And then to drink water, they say that they tip the dip. They what? Tip the dip? <laughs> <laughs> they tip the dip. <laughs> they tip. I can relate. Tip of the dipper. They dip the tip. Of their bill into the water and then throw their head back and, like, gurgle water down. Oh, my God. The literal extra. word they used to describe it was gurgle. They gurgle down water. That's, Just, like, that's nearly an automatopoeia, isn't it? <laughs> gurgling. Ugh. So they're so I, weird. I love them. They're so cool. They're so weird. They're just a little weird guy. Okay, so let's get into breeding and yes. e- uh, kiwi eggs because this is where it gets oh, freaky. Oh, yes. I've heard a little bit about like their egg to body sizes. Yes. Ridiculous. Ridic. So they always said that males and females were monogamous where relationships could last upwards of 20 years. But now Whoa. they're finding that, you know, if a better guy comes around, she's going to bail. Like it's not life or death. They do switch up pairs. Um, but they're mainly monogamous. I mean, more so than some other species. Um, oh, well, she's got to do what she's got to do. Right. I mean, like, if you just p- settled, then even if something comes around better, you're not going to be like, well, I'm stuck in this. Like, there's not bird marriage. She can do whatever she wants. Right. Yeah. The bird law is pretty uh, pretty sparse in that region. Yeah. There's a gray area. <laughs> For yeah, sure. a little bit. <laughs> Definitely a, a loophole in the justice <laughs> system over there. So they um, make their burrow, the male makes the burrow, attracts the female, and then they do a lot of vocalizations, they call each other during the night, and then they (laughs) will meet each other in the burrow like every three days. So they kind of just do their own thing, and they're just like, hey, you still here? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. And then they just, okay, I'll see you in like two days. Oh, And then the, the male just chills in there. So, okay, eggs, man, eggs. Yeah. So the egg inside the kiwi is... 20% of her body weight. Yikes. So a human baby is only 5% of your body weight. Mm Mm-hmm. This is 20%. So she only lays one egg per season. Obviously, it can't take up 40% of her. She would die. Yeah. So just think about the kiwi. It's basically the size of a chicken, but the egg is six times the size of a chicken egg. That's too much. <laughs> it's too much. Too big. But I did read that there was another bird who has a bigger egg body proportion. Um, there's some kind of weird petrel. It's like this tiny bird, and its egg is 30% of its body weight. I don't know if that's real or not. Fuck them. It's unnecessary. Kiwi's man. better. Mainly the male incubates the egg. There is one subspecies where they do take turns, but it's mainly a male thing. Uh, incubation is about 60 to 90 days. And... You have to think about, like, producing this egg that's a quarter of your body is so much, like, physiological stress on this female. Mm -hmm. So for the 30 days that it takes for her to produce the egg in her own body, she's going to be eating about three times her normal amount of food. Oh, man. But two to three days before she actually lays the egg, there is so little space left in her fucking body that she has to fast. There's no room for her stomach. Oh my god, she's more egg than bird. Yes, so for three days, she's just like, can't eat because I'm full of my baby. Because I'm mostly an egg now. (laughs) I mean, can you even? I can't. It's a quick way to lose sight of your own identity. Outrageous. (laughs) And my mom or baby at this point, I don't even know. (laughs) What came first, the mom or the baby? I don't fucking know. I can't can't even answer. So how does, uh, how does she go about laying that egg? Does she just like rip her body open? She just farts it out. Yeah, there was um, she, she has no problem doing that. Uh, but how? 
But how does she do that and survive? I have no idea. I mean, I guess the cloaca is a wonderful uh, muscle. <laughs> that it really is. Can yeah, just... can you put it, can you put like the egg size in perspective to a human? Like how big would this baby be in a human if she was like getting ready to birth it in so, terms of kiwi? I, I think they said if you were like a 120 pound female, which is a very small female anyway, but I think they did that for math's sake, then your mm-hmm. baby would be 25 pounds that you're giving like, birth to. That okay, that's uh, that's enough. <laughs> um, how big though? Like, how big is this baby? So that would be like I feel like you would be giving birth to like at least a toddler, right? Yeah. So it would be. Um, can we say at least a third of your size? Oh, for sure, for sure. Because and here's this is wild too. So the egg has more yolk in it than usual. Obviously, it has fucking room for it. So it has sixty five. Well, 65% of the egg is yolk. So it has tons of energy for this chick. So when the chick hatches, it's just like a fully feathered bird. It's not those like pre-fucking neonatal thingies. <laughs> you know, like bird babies, they're all ugly and gross. Yeah. This is just them. her like cloning and like 3D printing another kiwi. <laughs> cool. That's so wild! Yeah. Oh my god! It's like a prepackaged, ready-to-go bird. It is! Unwrap and you're good to go. And most birds and reptiles, when they're in an egg, they have like this protuberance that's on their beak or on their jaw, mm-hmm. and it's called an egg tooth, and it they lose it when they're older, but it's what helps them like bash their face against the egg and break out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, kiwis don't even have that. So this little kiwi, this like, not little, this fully formed kiwi just like uses his legs to kick his way out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> he just karate chops his way out. Um, this goddamn door open. See y'all later. Totally fully feathered. He, his parents are just like, you're fine. They don't feed him. The mom pieces the fuck out because she's like, yeah. I am so hungry. I'm going to die. <laughs> the male hangs out. Five days old. This chick's like, I'm ready to rumble. And then like goes and hangs out with dad for like 30 more days. And they just like beep up around town and eat. And then it pieces off. So in this time, though, like, mom is recovering from becoming a literal ghost. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cool. Good. She becomes Jesus. a wisp of a kiwi and, like, flies away. She's, like, mostly spirit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's nuts. But it's just crazy to me that the parents never feed it. Like, you always see birds, like, regurging and taking care of yeah. their fucking worthless children. And the kiwi's like, no way. Like, I packed it into that egg. You're good. Bye. Yeah, I guess the parental investment is really on the front end, huh? Yes. Like in the fact that you almost killed your mother. <laughs> right. And the fact that you almost became her. <laughs> exactly. You are your own mom. <sighs> Holy crap. Yeah. So, kind of a bummer though. Only 5 to 10% of Kiwi chicks actually survive to adulthood. Oh, man. Why? Just, like, They're not- bored as adults. <laughs> I know, they just get eaten by, like, everything, man. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do survive, the this is crazy. They can live anywhere from 25 to 50 years. Apparently, we don't really know, because that is a very large window. That's a long time. Like, you either live 25 or double that. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's a long time. Not, not sure. Anywhere in there. I guess you could say that for just about anything. I mean, that's true. We could live to zero or we could live to 102. I mean. It's true. I don't know what else to say about that. That's that's. We're it. all did slowly it. dying. So who's oh, dying true. slower? Is it me or you? It's that Kiwi for sure. <laughs> it's that Kiwi. Kiwi's so, going to outlive us all. Luckily, um, New Zealand and the Kiwis of New Zealand and the animal, the Kiwi, everybody fucking loves the shit out of them because they're so weird. So there's Good. a lot of conservation happening, even though only 5 to 10% are surviving. So in 2000, the Department of Conservation set up five sanctuaries, and their focus was just to develop methods to protect them and just increase their numbers. Um, there also is something called the Operation Nest Egg, which is run by... Uh, the Save the Kiwi Trust and their partnership with the Bank of New Zealand. <laughs> also, oh. the Department of Conservation and the Royal Forest and Bird Protection Society. And basically, they just grab baby kiwis and they grab kiwi eggs and they raise them and hatch them in captivity until they're mm-hmm. big enough to do their own thing. And that raises the life expectancy from 5% to 65%. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that makes a huge difference. 
But the biggest threat are these introduced mammals. So stoats, that little, like, weaselly thing, is what kills chicks. Half of all kiwi chick deaths are from stoats. Oh man. Um, dogs, ferrets, and cats. Ah. So I think I guess one of the, that makes sense. Yeah, and one of the things about the kiwi too is like it doesn't have a keel, and it's like this just squishy pillow. Like mm-hmm. it, you can just pop it, like it. So they just grab it once, and it's dead. Like it, oh no! Because it, it didn't have to make armored skin or fly away or do any of the shit. It didn't need right. it. But now right. it's like, well, I didn't need it, and now I do because you brought all these mean things to my house. Yeah. Like, not prepared. No, not at all. They can't run really fast. They can run faster than a human. They got, those little legs can move, but. What, really? Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, they can haul ass. Apparently. (laughs) God damn. yeah, so motor vehicles, also a bummer, and also, of course, habitat destruction, people um, moving in and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, Maori, the Maori people who live and are native to New Zealand. They always believed that Kiwi were under protection of the god of the forest, which I'm not going to try to butcher how you say Mm -hmm. that. Um, So they would eat the Kiwi. They would eat it and they would use their feathers for ceremonial cloaks. But now that they're, you know, becoming threatened and people have moved in and fucked with the Maori and all their stuff, they no longer gather kiwis live they only gather feathers from deceased birds who either died naturally or were hit or killed or something like that so they no longer hunt them whatsoever and the maori people basically view themselves as the guardians of the kiwi oh that's so awesome yeah which is super super kick-ass i love that so the feathers of the kiwi are really weird so most bird feathers have like a hook and, like, barb system that interlocks all the feathers together so they don't have a lot of drag. So they can fly really fast or they can swim really fast. Okay. But kiwis aren't flying or swimming, so their feathers are just hanging out. So they don't have any hook and barb. They just, like, hang out. And it's literally, like, this shaggy, hairy, fluffy ball of, like, warmth. Whoa. So their feathers resemble feather, but it's, like, this flowy thing. It's not rigid. It's It's cute. <laughs> it's it's real goddamn cute. <laughs> so cute. So that's another uh, reason people call them like honorary mammals. Is it, if you looked at it, your first instinct would not to be like it's covered in feathers. It looks like hair. So it's just like essentially just putting on airs. It's like I'm a bird. I gotta wear this coat. But like it does. I don't do any bird things. No, it does no bird things. Really, oh, man. Like it's yeah. Uh. Going back really quickly, when you were talking about that they no longer hunt the kiwi, but they just collect, like, feathers yes. from, like, fallen individuals. Isn't that really similar to the United States Migratory Bird Act? Yeah, I think it is. Because you can legally not own any portion of a bird protected under the Migratory Bird Act. But I actually think even you can't even collect deceased bird feathers. Hmm, interesting. I know that was something that we got a question a lot about um, when you and I worked together because we took care of a number of birds. Like, people yeah. were always wondering if they could, like, Take collect the, the feather. feathers that were dropping or, you know, anything yeah. like that. And that was something that we talked to them a lot about. And I think uh, a lot of, like, the frustration people had was because they didn't understand why. But, I mean, it's – like, with the kiwi in particular, like, the reason being they don't want their products to become a commodity. Exactly. And they don't want it to – they don't want their products to essentially become products. So I think the same thing – at least in the United States with the Migratory Bird Act, is a similar vein. Like, it's a little bit different, yeah. but, yeah, like you said, even even dropped feathers that are no longer connected, um, right. they don't Because if you're putting touching. a value to it, then someone's going to go hunt and kill it and sell it to make money. Yes. Like, that's yes. where it's going to end up. Exactly. So I think um, that was one thing that I know when I started off in this field, I didn't know, and I learned pretty quickly because we had a lot of guest questions about it. And I think, like I said, some of our guests were pretty frustrated by it, but um, – you know, if you take the time to explain it, a lot of times they feel a lot better about it. So it's interesting. It's just an interesting little side side quest that we went on just now. Yeah. No, and I think that's cool because it ties into there are some zoos who do house them in captivity. 
1851, the London Zoo was the first to keep them in captivity, but it mm-hmm. wasn't until 1945 that they had their first successful captive breeding. Um, okay. And then now there are about 13 different zoos who house them, including the Columbus Zoo in Ohio. Um, oh, but cool. I was reading into the Smithsonian National Zoo because they do like a lot of do a lot of research and do um, a lot of captive breathing. Bre- oh my god, captive breathing. Yeah, they do a lot of fucking breathing exercises when they lay this <laughs> giant egg. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna need to. It's a way to do it, man. Jesus. But no, the Smithsonian, the National Zoo, when they have like kiwis in captivity, and I think it's only the little brown or something. There's only one subspecies that is even in zoos, period. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, whenever they have them in captivity and they drop feathers, which of course it drops feathers, they send them to fucking New Zealand. They send them to the Maori. Oh, that's amazing. Shout yeah. out to those guys. Yeah. How cool is that? They're just like, hell yeah, you're the fucking guardians of this species and you're like the native indigenous people and like you fucking deserve these feathers for your ceremonial garb i love that i know shout out to the maori shout out to the smithsonian shout out to columbus shout out to any zoo that houses them and successfully and properly breeds them and allows them to live and educates people on them shout out to all of you you're doing great work shout out they're amazing love it um, <laughs> that was a true shout out. <laughs> really, he really did it. Shout out! Yeah, uh, I think that's all I know about the kiwi bird. That's so cool. What yeah. an interesting bird. They're so weird. S- I, there was a lot of bird. K animals I could have chosen, but mm-hmm. the kiwi is bananas. Do you know why New Zealanders? refer to themselves as kiwis is it just because they love kiwis or like because they fucking love the kiwi yeah okay there is a website called kiwis for kiwi (laughs) and they're just trying to save the fucking kiwi man and they just love them a national charity maori-led kiwi conservation project our vision is to take kiwi from endangered to everywhere please join us that's amazing what a rallying of the public i love that they just love their weird bird and i think Two, it sucks that it's like, oh, the introduction of everything we brought over is, like, literally what's killing them. Like, mm-hmm. if, with some animals where it's like, oh, well, like, human encroachment and, like, global climate change, like, it's killing them, da-da-da. But then there's always some asshole that's like, uh, no, it's not. That's, like, the natural way, blah 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 But if you're seeing dogs literally chomping on a kiwi, it's hard to deny that, like, we're the ones that fucked that up. Yeah, for sure. Especially on, um, a small island. Yeah. Like, I guess you could argue every landmass on the, on the continent, or on the the entire surface of the planet is an island, but I'm going to say this small island. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit easier to wrap your head around. Um, yeah. I think that's good, though. I think it's, like, a really good example of uh, we as a society, like, taking responsibility. I don't think – I think a lot of times when people, especially people that come to the zoo or I think a lot of negative interactions we hear um, just from the general public in reference to zoos is – coming from a place of, like, guilt and people feel like they're being blamed for things. Right. Which uh, is true and also not true. Like, yes, humans are causing most of the reasons for, like, the endangerment and extinction of almost all species on the planet. However, it doesn't do any good to just point out the blame without, like, you can do it in a constructive way and you can provide ways to help. You can't just blame someone and be like, this was your fault, and then not do anything. So I think it's good that in this specific example of the Kiwi, like, the people there are really recognizing, you know, that there were mistakes made, and it wasn't something they they can necessarily foresee. But at the same time, they're looking to mitigate those effects by doing as much as they can to help, like, protect the species. And I think that's what we as humans need to do for a lot of animals, because, again, most of the reason they're going extinct is our fault. Um, Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we should be upset about it or, like, you know, we should get mad at each other or just avoid listening to the facts whatsoever. Like, it's good to to know these things so that we can learn and move forward and, one, not repeat our mistakes, but, two, really take action to help those animals that are in need. Yeah. And I think that's one of the main – again, one of the main – messages that zoos are trying to spread they're not trying to blame people and they're not trying to call people out but they are trying to help everyone who comes to visit and learns from them that you know what we're doing is in fact harming wildlife and um and our planet in general and so 
not only that, like, it's good to recognize those things, but here's what you can do to help. Okay. You said so many things that were amazing. Oh, thanks. And I'm <laughs> inspired. Okay. So oh, wow. <laughs> Kiwisforkiwis.org. They have places where you can donate. Oh, cool. And if you donate $1,200, you support an Operation Nest Egg Chick for its first year of life. So this is what I talked about where its chance of survival goes from 5% to 65%. Uh-huh. And I feel like we should fucking fundraise. We should put that on our Facebook. We should get our listeners to donate enough money for $1,200 to oh, yeah. support a nest egg chick. Right? I agree. I think that's a great thing to do. I think it's like a call to action. I think it's something we all can reasonably do if we pitch in, you know, every little bit. We yeah. can definitely come up with that amount. Because I'm in love with this fucking animal. It's a really cool bird. I know how much you love weird birds. I'm just... Uh, <laughs> I got a thing for weird birds. It's true. Yeah, why don't we um, Why don't we extend that to our listeners? Like, obviously, yes. you and I will be donating to this. Well, but, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, it's something that you all can do if you're interested and you enjoy this program and you enjoy learning about animals. It's a real... Um, it's a really easy, really quick thing to do it's something that you can do in your everyday life and it's it's something that is obviously been proven to help out that population so why not yeah okay i'll figure out because i think on facebook it can be like so and so is raising money for can't you like Mm -hmm. do that weird thing um but we'll post it on all our social media Mm -hmm. and let's see if we can get any amount of money even if we don't even get 1200 there's Mm -hmm. obviously ways to help a hundred dollars you're protecting um one kiwi a predator uh, predator control over 10 hectares is that what ha is 30 dollars buys one trap to support predator control in a kiwi habitat 50 does um ensures a kiwi chick hatched in captivity is in perfect health before it's um released back into the wild 75 dollars helps stop a roaming dog they can virtually wipe out a single population in a very short period of time um $350 is a transmitter, a fantastic way to boost Kiwi numbers and is a key program. The first step is to track the male Kiwi to identify when he's sitting on an egg. That's awesome. I love it. We're going to fucking save a Kiwi. Yay! Call to action, everyone! We're going to do it. If you don't donate, I think it's literally saying, I'll do that like guilt thing where it's like <laughs> that they do at the shopping. It's like, do you want to donate a dollar to save like lost pets? And you're just like, no. And then you just feel like an asshole. <laughs> Uh, you hate kiwis, I guess. You hate you hate all of New Zealand if you don't fucking donate. No, don't say that. That's you, terrible. You don't like Lord of the Rings if you don't donate. Uh-oh, Peter Jackson, we're coming for you. Peter Jackson, if you don't fucking donate, then that means that you hate New Zealand and you hate Lord of the Rings and what else? Moana? Or the, is he Ma- uh, Ma- Maori? Moana? Uh, no, no they're Hawaiian. Maui. <laughs> his name okay. is Maui. Okay, that's what it is. Because they're Hawaiian. I'm so sorry. Yikes. Uh, no, I think, I think, um, (laughs) going off of that though, like, even if you are financially unable to donate, tell people about it. Yes, you can always share it. And that is Mm -hmm. even just as good as a monetary donation is a a knowledge donation. Fucking knowledge drop Kiwis on your fucking friends and family. Hell yeah. And maybe between like the 10 or 12 people that you tell, you all can scrape together like a dollar. And that'd yes. be awesome. Yeah. That'd be so cool. And I feel like Kiwi, they're at the point where it's like, it's not too late. Like they're not endangered. Right. They're not spiraling. They're not in that bottleneck effect. Like it's to the point where this is this is like the turning point for them and we can help save them. And yeah, I feel like all, like we were saying, all animals are worth something, but the Kiwi is worth more because it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's so weird. It doesn't use his eyeballs. It's a little furry softball. It's got God, two thick legs. I and he's it. always got the sniffles. He's got the sniffles all the time. He's got dirt in his nose. Oh, I love Ugh. it. Hey, and yeah, maybe um, maybe some of our listeners have never been a part of or like donated to campaigns like this before. So maybe it would be like a really good eye-opening exercise in understanding yeah. like ways that they can help or maybe this would lead to interest or donations to other organizations whether global or local or right. whatever you're interested in all of that stuff helps i'm telling you guys like i know it's yes. hard to see 
the effects of it. But a lot of these organizations, especially these days that do these types of um, fundraising events and like work on donations, really work really hard to make sure that whoever's donating and spending their time, you know, spreading the good word, so to speak, uh, is receiving like information um, in return, because that allows us to, again, continue like sharing knowledge and continue learning and and making sure we're all more well well informed on issues. Yeah. And Kiwis for Kiwi, they have a Facebook page. I'm sure you could watch it and, you know, always get updates and you can mm-hmm. see like where your money's going. Also, it's mm-hmm. tax deductible as fuck, isn't it? Donations? Uh yeah, donations to charity are tax deductible. So So it's like not even it's like giving the us the government's money. Cuz you, <laughs> exactly. you're just going to get it back. You're just like sending out their money to conservation exactly oh i love it what a great idea they have a dope ass logo too um can you do a tldl for all our <gasps> listeners this week yes tldl sorry guys we forgot to do one last week we Why got not? really excited about monster high and we just had to get off the air so we could go watch monster high and we totally seriously. forgot. seriously <laughs> yep sorry 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 uh we yeah are human <laughs> tldl the kiwi native to only new zealand is a ratite, a flightless bird, but it does have vestigial wings, which means it's got a wing, but it don't use it. Mm-mm. It has old wing. <laughs> <laughs> it has nostrils on the tip of its bill, which is unique in the fact that it's the only bird in the whole world that's got it. Cool. It is an omnivore. It is small. It is fast. <laughs> it is loved by the Maori. Love that. That's all I have. Can you um, give a quick rundown, too, of, like, where we'll be posting all the donation information? Yes. So, I obviously have our Facebook, which is at Zookeeper Chat, or just type in Keeper Chat, and it'll pop up. Um, I'll post on Facebook. I'll post it on our Instagram, which is at Keeper Chat. And then I'll put it on our Twitter, which is also at Keeper Chat. And um, I'll just blast you with Kiwi photos, weird photos of their little wing, weird videos of them running really fast. And then of their giant egg inside of their, like, tiny body. And, yeah, we'll blast off this um, this Kiwis for Kiwi website. They have a Facebook. They have a website, Kiwis for Kiwi. It's adorable. They look awesome. New Zealand's awesome. We should save the Kiwis. It's cool. I think I said it all. <laughs> love that. I just said a lot of stuff. No, I love it. Uh, but I think and- that was it. No, that was good. Uh, yeah, like uh, Flora said, make sure to follow us on all the social media. We always update you guys on like weird, funny things that we find on the internet because it's great. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you think other people would be interested, please recommend us to your friends and family. That's the quickest, easiest way for us to get the word out there because we don't actually do any advertising ourselves. And oh, yeah, any comments or questions or anything like that, uh, feel free to send us at keeperchat at gmail.com. Woo-woo! We're always happy to yeah. address any concerns or questions people have. And a lot of times we dedicate whole episodes to them. So feel free. Hit us up. Yes. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Next week, I will be presenting my animal of choice, which will be the letter L. The, I don't know if the 15th or something letter of the internet. I'm really excited about Woo! it. As always, if you guys like this, great. If you didn't, cool. Spell you later. Bye.